Hello everybody, welcome back to the Christian Democrat. I'm doing another broad podcast today in my car, driving around, doing some errands today, but I'm gonna go ahead and take some time and do this podcast today on immigration. We're gonna start looking at some issues a little bit and seeing how a Christian should approach immigration. Obviously, I'm gonna end up a little bit on the center left of this, but I wanna take a look at really what, what does the Bible have to say about immigration? How should we look at it coming from a Christian perspective? Before I start really talking about policy, I'm probably gonna do about three parts on immigration since it's so big in the news right now and it's so important. But I want to talk about the foundation and laying the foundation of how we need to really think about immigration. A lot of our problem in the news right now is you get two pundits up there on the news. One says build a wall. The other one says don't build a wall. And you don't get very far, right? Because you're just kind of arguing back and forth about a wall. Neither side is really saying, well, what are the, some of the underlying assumption, assumptions that each side is making that leads them to the conclusion that they need to build this wall or not build a wall? Okay, so I want to say, does the, the Bible have anything to say about immigrants? Does, does our Christian history as a church and as a people have anything to show us about how we should care for people? And I, my, my basic premise today is that what's going to be missing from this, what's been missing from this discussion on immigration in, as a whole is compassion. That as Christian people, we are called to be compassionate and we have not been compassionate in this debate about immigration. And whatever your specific policy nuance comes out to be at the end, okay, it has to include compassion. And that's the part that is really missing. So let me let me first look and say, you know, what the Bible has to say about this issue, and then I'll look and see a few examples from Christian history and Christian teaching. So looking in the Bible, I can't remember ever hearing a sermon or ever even hearing a radio telecast or ever going to a Bible study where we studied how Christians should treat foreigners. I I don't ever remember, I've gone to church, you know, 30 years, most of my life, 40 years, I don't ever remember that being a topic. So perhaps part of the problem within the church right now is that we're just lacking teaching. We're lacking a basic understanding of what the scripture even says about how we should treat immigrants. So let me look at let me look at some passages here. This is out of Leviticus chapter 19, verses 33 and 34. This is from the ESV. The scripture says, When a stranger sojourns with you in your land, you shall not do him wrong. You shall treat the stranger who sojourns with you as the native among you and you shall love him as yourself for you were strangers in the land of Egypt I am the Lord your God you see a lot in this passage right here you see a lot that probably will fly in the face of how many people on the right or as Christians are thinking about this whole immigration issue and and the part of this verse that just stood out to me said you shall treat the stranger who sojourns with you as the native So you shall not treat people differently whether they were born in your country or they they were born outside your country and they're in your country. You shall not treat them differently. This is not my opinion. This is what the Bible says. This is what the Bible teaches. And obviously God knew there would be a tendency about people to not do this. That's why he included it in the scriptures as part of the law. This was to the Israelites 
teaching them how they ought to treat people differently. Even, you know, you'll, you'll recognize lots of commands in the Old Testament to, to separate, the Israelites are to separate themselves from the, the countries around them because they would cause Israel to stumble and to fall into practices where they would worship idols and they would do things that God didn't want them to do. But despite this, despite all those calls for purity and holiness, righteousness, when those people are traveling in your land and they're among you, you are not to treat them any differently. It says, you shall love them as yourself. You know, that's the highest command in the scripture. That is, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And this passage in Leviticus 19 says, you shall love the foreigner as yourself. That that word neighbor applies also to the foreigner. And God says, in case you don't remember to the Israelites, you were also foreigners one time too. You were in Egypt and the Egyptians didn't always treat you so well. That's not how God's people are to act. They're not to enslave people or they're not to put people down or treat them with a whole different set of rules. You're to treat them as everybody else in the country, to love them as yourself. You too were once in this situation. And then I love how he ends here. He says, I am the Lord your God. Has to put his name stamp on this. I am the Lord. This is how you ought to act. Now, if you look at the New Testament, you know, this, this immediately brings to mind to me um, the parable of the uh, Good Samaritan. Right? When he talks about, you know, you should love the native as yourself and saying that that is... Uh, the same as loving the neighbor as yourself. That was a question posed to Jesus. When Jesus told people you should love your neighbor as yourself, someone questioned him and said, well, but yeah, who is my neighbor really? You know, who do I really have to love? Can I, can I narrow that neighbor down and, and make sure it's only the few people within my circle that I, <laughs> I can kind of have to love? And that's when Jesus told the parable of the Good Samaritan and said, listen, you know, whoever is in your path, whoever you cross paths with who needs help, that's who you should be loving, you know, and, and the love in the, in the Good Samaritan, that passage, it was a sacrificial love. It cost the guy. He had to stop what he was doing, take time out of his day, work with the guy, uh, bandage him up, heal him, take him to an end, pay for him. You know, it, it wasn't a love of just saying, oh, I really like you. Aren't you really wonderful? You know, go on your way. It, it cost the Good Samaritan something. And the other religious leaders of the day who you might have thought, they should have been the ones to do this for this man who was beat up and injured. They didn't. And at the same time, when you should have expected them to do that, they also had really good excuses. They're like, I'm on my way to temple. I'm on my way to serve God. I can't become unclean by touching this guy or I won't be able to, to serve God in the temple. I, I've got to just be on my way. You know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll say a prayer for this guy as I go by and leave him here. Okay, <laughs> there is, I'm getting a phone call here. I'm going to cancel that out. But just to let you know, um, I, I think we see in this Good Samaritan parable, it applies in the Old Testament and the New, that we need to have compassion on people and we need to have an understanding of, of, of a little bit of where they're coming from. In terms of church history, 
This is how the church really made a name for itself. This is how a church was a great witness to the world, that they simply radically, sacrificially loved people more than anybody else. And, and my fear is that on this issue of immigration, it looks like the secular humanists love people more than the Christian conservatives do. Let me say that again. The secular humanists love people more than the Christian conservatives do. And people can see that. You know, people are aware of that. But if you go back to church history, when people were sick and dying of the plague, it was the Christians that took care of them. Sometimes to the point of the, the Christians dying themselves of being infected with the plague. You know, and, and that time, it wasn't really understood well about germ theory and disease and people didn't understand why they would always get sick so they just threw some some of their own family members out on the street when they got sick in order to try to save the rest of their family so who took care of them would be the christians when someone didn't want a child okay sometimes because you know they were a female or just because they didn't want the child for whatever reason they would just leave them out in the cold and it was often the Christians who would come by and pick those people up they would have compassion on these people and the world saw that and the world was shamed into what they were doing and saying we really shouldn't act like that these Christian people you know they may not agree with the Christians on everything but they saw their love and they said wow that is an amazing amount of sacrifice and love that you're giving towards people and that's that's what we need today in Christianity, honestly, when we look at this immigration issue, we need this great compassion. And it doesn't, it's not going to guide us in every bit of nuance of policy, but it is going to say we're going to care about people no matter what the situation, no matter what country they're from, no matter what their circumstance. And certainly if they're from having some hardship, a lot of these people are, are claiming asylum. And, and regardless of whether they meet the technical definition of asylum or not, they're, they're certainly into some hardship and we should have compassion for them. You know, we should be willing to say, well, what, what can we do to help these people? Maybe, maybe we can't let them into our country. Maybe we, we don't have space for them, but maybe there's something else that we could do for them to help them. You know, we certainly don't want to be people who advocate ripping families apart when they come to our country. That is not compassion. That, that's not even Amer it's not Christian values, but it's also not American values either. Uh, it's, it's absolutely... Uh, astonishing that to me that any kind of Christian would support this policy knowing that some of these children will never see their parents again will never we never get them back in, in part because the government didn't even try to make sure that that would happen they didn't even care enough to see that that would go on when they first started separating children so it's just absolutely heartbreaking and tragic and as a Christian, we are required by the scriptures, both Old and New Testaments, to have compassion on people, whether they're foreigners staying here or whether they're people just around our block that have been here their whole lives. We have to craft a policy around compassion. And if we miss this point on compassion, we're going to come up with bad policy on immigration. So let me say that this where I wanted to start on immigration I'm going to delve a little deeper into policy and nuance but certainly as a Christian we must be the people that have more compassion on those in this situation than anybody else and I think that's the main ingredient lacking right now 
in this discussion for us and it needs to be the driver okay it doesn't mean we can we can fix every right or make everything the way it should be or ought to be but it does mean we need to be starting in a place of compassion and reaching out to those who are less fortunate than us so that's that's my message for my today compassion and immigration and on christianity and if, if you're struggling with this a little bit I, i'll challenge you to look up some of those passages and the scriptures on how to treat foreigners because like i said I've never had a message on it. I've never had a Sunday school class on it. I've never had a Bible study on it. Take some time to look at it. It's really deep. That I, I gave you one, went over one passage out of Leviticus. There's many more. Uh, it's a theme throughout Scripture of how we ought to treat those people who are at a disadvantage and don't have the same access to resources that we have. So take a look at that. If that's uh, blowing your mind a little bit, take, take some time to pray about it, think about it. Uh, wrap your mind around how can we craft an immigration policy that is compassionate. So until next time, we'll take another more look at immigration. Uh, have a blessed day.